Welcome to the Raising Successful Kids podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss and explore how to raise children to be successful in all areas of their life. Irene Santanier is a working mum of an entrepreneurial child and shares a passion with her husband to see children succeed. And now, introducing your host, Irene Santanier. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Raising Successful Kids. I hope everyone that's listening is well and healthy and happy. Uh, Today I've got the very great pleasure of um, speaking to somebody who's way over the pond in America and I've never done this before. This is a first for Raising Successful Kids. So I'm very pleased to have um, Erica Lester. Is that, that's exactly how you say your name? Yep. Erica Lester, um, who's sitting in her office over in the States, um, ready to share her experiences and knowledge um, with all of us today. So thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I am so excited and privileged to have you here. Um, Would you just like to explain a little bit to the listeners who you are and what you do and um, what life holds for you over there in America? Absolutely. First of all, I'm really, really happy to be on with you today. I'm excited to talk to you. And I think your podcast is a beautiful thing for people to listen to. Super important work that you're doing. So I am a mother. I have two beautiful grown um, daughters. Actually, my oldest daughter's birthday is today. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, she turns 22 today. So that's super exciting. Um. I am a rapid transformation coach and quantum healer. So I actually help people who are ready to get um, massive results in their life and business. Mm-hmm. Um, I help them do that through what I believe is the most important part, which is the internal game. So really uh, working through mindset, through emotions, through um, the physical body, like all the layers of us as humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I help people work through those layers to just transform their life. So. Mm-hmm. Super passionate about what I do. I love my job. It's hard to call it a job. <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. I'm happily married, and I have a son of the canine variety. He's okay. the most spoiled dog on the planet. So. <laughs> and we love to ride motorcycles. So life is super, um, super interesting and super fun. Okay. So what got you into this um, field of in that you're so passionate about? What 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 ignited that passion in you? It's actually really an interesting story because, um, but I'll start at the end, sort of the end to make it easier. Um, when my kids were teenagers, we had a really great life. You know, I'm happily married. Mm-hmm. My kids are great. Had a great career. You know, we had all the stuff, ticked yeah. all the boxes and I was miserable. Mm. Like, and I felt guilty for being miserable because my life looked so fantastic, yeah. right? And I had these amazing people around it. And yeah. so I, I went on this really long journey of, like, figuring out how to live a life that mm-hmm. felt as good on the inside as it looked on the outside. Okay. And my kids were a huge motivation for that because um, I wasn't being the best mom I could be because mm-hmm. I just wasn't happy. And yeah. so... What sort of age it was, were they? When, what, what sort of age were they? Uh, my oldest was about 14 and they're okay. two years apart. So my youngest was about 12. So a really critical age for them. Mm. Um, mm. Right. Yeah. 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 Big age, big age of transformation yeah. of finding themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So we all went through that together. My poor husband. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to fast forward a ways. Um, yeah. I've, I've, I started in the business officially about a year and a half ago because I just have learned so much and and transformed my own life in Mm. such massive ways that I just really am super passionate about sharing that with people and and helping them see it doesn't have to take forever either. No, no. So where where does somebody start on that road that that you started on? Where would they, if they were coming to you, what what would be the trigger point for them to need to come to you? The trigger point is the, really a decision. Mm. It's it's coming to the point where you recognize that you don't, um, you aren't either feeling the way you desire to feel or living the life that you you desire, mm. and that you're ready for more. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's that decision point that will carry you through doing like the deep work of really recognizing what it is you get to shift and like 
it's not always pretty. The process isn't always pretty. And so being committed to your own decision is really where the starting point is, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, what group, what age group do you work with? Do you just work primarily with adults or have you, do you work with um, young people too? In my business, I work primarily with adults. I'm actually in the process of starting a foundation because a big thing I'm also passionate about is giving back to um, particularly teens and preteens and mm-hmm. helping them mm-hmm. um, get, get, a, get a leg up, I guess early on so there isn't as much undoing to be done later on in life Um, but in my business I actually I just work with adults right now yeah okay and so say if somebody was coming to you because they they felt that you know they resonated with you and they wanted you to help them um move forward in whatever that whatever is blocking them where what what's the process that you go through because sometimes I think when people are listening particularly say to the podcast, um, they might not be able to access you or somebody that's like you. So just to maybe give them a few tips that they think, yeah, okay, well, I can, I can do that with my young person who's causing mayhem at home that I might be able to just take it down a level and, and work with them. So, yeah. what, so how would you start your process? That's a really beautiful question. And there's so much to it. Um, you know, because it depends for everyone on where they're at, but there's a couple of things that you can do. Um, One of the things that has really been transformational for me and for most of my clients is really just taking some time, taking Mm. space and taking some time every day to just sit in quiet or silent and just give yourself space to like see what comes up. Mm. Right. Because we, we run through life so fast, right? Mm. Like we're constantly, especially as parents, right? Mm. Like we're constantly doing stuff and we're constantly like focusing on somebody else's Mm. health and mental health and stability and all of that, that we Mm. put ourselves last. Yeah. And it's, it's so critical if you don't give yourself space to like know yourself and Mm. know what you want Mm. and like know what kind of feelings are coming up for you or whatever. Sure. And just be able to start there and get to know yourself a little more. Mm. Because I do feel like, especially as parents, right, we kind of forget who we are a lot of times. Yeah, we're bottom of the pile. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really, really hard to raise a, you know, a child to adulthood in the best way possible if your cup's empty, if you aren't taking care of yourself in any way. Yeah. And um, I'm assuming a lot of when you're saying taking care of yourself, that it's on a uh, on a mindful basis. Is that right? Or is do you do physical too? It's for, it's def- for me and my clients, it's definitely both. It's mental okay. and physical because um, what a lot of people don't realize is that emotions and traumas and past experiences and stuff actually get stored in our physical body as mm. we move through life. Mm. And so even doing something as simple as like, like say you're, you're in a situation where um, you're not feeling the best, right? You're not, you, you might have some emotions going on or maybe you're dealing with a child that's a little unruly and you're starting to react. Even just giving yourself two minutes to like shake your entire body out and jump up and down and like shake your joints and like shake your jaw, like releasing that tension mm. from your physical body will do wonders for your mental state and like mm. where you're at. So, mm. Mm. And it also, I mean, I know if I did that with my teenager, um, it would just break that tension that's there. So, and it would, you know, he would probably laugh and I know I'd probably end up laughing as well. So it's a a really good um, way of just breaking that building tension that seems to be there when it comes hand in hand with having teenagers, doesn't it? That might not be your experience, but it's certainly the experience that I have. It definitely does. And I had two teenage girls at the same time and my children are wonderful, but they were still teenage girls. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah and, they're, and they're hard work. And I think, you know, um, part of what I'm, what I'm passionate about and why I have my podcast is because, you know, when they're teenagers, they're amazing people. They're growing into who they're going to be. Um, but they're finding themselves out. And as a parent, you have to, I only have one. So I think it's even harder when you have one because all the pressure is on them. Um, all the focus is on them. So you're, you're wanting them to grow up to be 
amazing people because they are amazing people. Um, but you're not also wanting them. You, you don't want to let them go either. You just want to hold on to them for as long as possible. And that's really difficult. So how would you deal with that? Say if you had a parent who was going through that, how would you help them come to the reality of letting go? I think you hit on something that's really important, and that is they are already amazing people. Mm. So I feel like a lot of times as parents, we put all the pressure on ourselves, right? To like mm. mold them and form them and help them like grow into responsible adults. Mm. But really all we're doing is holding space for them mm. to find themselves and to become the person that they already are, right? Mm. And so when we when we try to put all this force around it, we're actually making it harder on ourselves and making it harder on them for them to be able to become that person that they're supposed to be. Mm. And just recognizing that they're not going anywhere. Like now that I'm on the other side, right now that I have a daughter who's been out on her own for a while now, our youngest is actually moving out this month. Mm. So um, we've been empty nesters for a little bit before because she lived on dorm um, for like a semester. So like my kids are, pretty much grown. And what I've come to realize is I'm still their mother. Mm. Like it doesn't matter how far they go physically. Like they're, you're not letting them go. You're just letting them. You're not even letting them like they're going anyway, but you know, it's just a new stage in life and you get to have this new relationship Mm. with your children in a whole new way. And having adult children is my favorite part so far. Like, it's just such a beautiful experience to be able to interact with them as fully formed individual human beings that have their own lives and have their own, you know, things that they're doing in the world. And it takes the pressure off. Like there's no pressure for me anymore to be like perfect or to be right there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But how do you then deal with, so if they're, if they're making a choice that, you would automatically step it or you would perhaps think of automatically stepping in and saying, no, that's not great or whatever, because you're still their parent. You're not, you're not their friend, if you see what I mean. So how do you deal with that? Or do, or have you covered, you know, have you transitioned into being a friend rather than a parent? I'm still a parent, but I'm a parent with the understanding that they have their own lives. Mm. And so except for where it's in regards to safety, obviously like safety concerns or safety concerns, I, I'm going to make sure that my kids are safe in any way that I can. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you have to let them live their own lives. Mm. You, I mean, because first of all, I have opinions. We all have opinions based on our life experience. Right. Mm. But what I think is true may not be true for them. No. And yeah, so I it it's my responsibility to recognize that they have their own life path, and I'm a big believer in like people having a purpose and like being here for a reason, mm-hmm. and you know. So I know that my girls are here to do big things in the world. I know that. Mm-hmm. I know that they're going to make an impact on this world, and and that there's a reason that they're here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their path looks like to get there, mm-hmm. and so just being available to support them when they need me and being available for them to talk to and giving them advice when they ask mm. or when it feels right. But recognizing that I'm not the driver of their life. No. And sometimes that means they're going to do things that don't turn out so well for them. And it's hard for me as a parent to see that when I know I, maybe I could have stopped it. Yeah. But, but, but how do they learn? Their life to yeah. Learn. yeah. Yeah. How do they learn? Um, exactly. And I think, you know, obviously it will help you in your business um, as you're helping other people who are dealing perhaps with these things in their lives. And that's the blockage that they need to get through. Um, so it's a, an amazing gift that you're giving them to be able to say, well, you know, this is what, how I've done it with my kids. You can listen and learn if you want to. But at the end of the day, they, the, as you said, the kids are going to do what they're going to do. You just have to be a consistent, I think, a consistent person in their life to be able to, so that they come back to you, they don't go to somebody else um, or, you know, somebody that you don't know about. Um, so it's just leading on to that, what do you think about having a mentor 
in in your life or in would you encourage that to say your your kids or young people that you might end up working with yeah I have had mentors and coaches in every area of my life Mm -hmm. and um there was a period of time where I did a lot of stuff on my own but I've always found that like it's not even just about the knowledge you get from that person it's about having creating that environment Mm -hmm. where you've got a space where you are safe to um voice what's coming up, mm-hmm. you get to, um, get feedback from them. But more than that is you have a, like a mirror. So mm-hmm. we have skewed perceptions of ourselves, right? And our kids are the same, right? They'll have skewed perceptions of themselves. They don't necessarily see themselves the way that we see them. No. Um, so the, the cool thing about having a mentor or a coach or someone, even a friend, if they're really, really good at it, is that they can show you or show your children or whoever they're working with what they actually see. Mm -hmm. And so they get to see someone believing in them and recognizing the good qualities about them and all of that before Mm -hmm. maybe they're even in a place where they can see that about themselves. So creating that kind of relationship is like so impactful in every area of life. And it doesn't really matter what kind of mentor or coach you're talking about, what kind of area of your life you're talking about, Mm -hmm. like whatever it is, just it's important to have that Mm. that reflection so you can really see yourself for what you are yeah and um being able to I think to not take that reflection personally so if somebody's saying not not necessarily something negative but maybe not as positive as everything else could be um being able to understand that that's for the benefit of them you're you're doing that for their benefit but it's a growth thing that they need to go through um, I think that's one of the positives of having a mentor is that they, they just see you, they, they get to know you as a person, but they, they haven't got that emotional um, buy-in with you as it, as it were. Yeah. 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 And that brings up the point of making sure that you choose someone that you can build a rapport with and that you really sure. trust because sure. to be able to take that feedback, right. You do want someone who's not too close to you because positive or negative feedback from someone who's really, really close to you, you you may question whether that's true or not, right? Like if your mom tells you that you're the most beautiful person in the world, you're going to be like, eh, yeah, you're my mom, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> but if you find someone, like you said, you're a little little bit of distance from, but someone you can still trust. Mm. Yeah, sure. makes all the difference. So do you mentor people yourself? Is that part of what you do as well? I do, I do. I've actually mentored a few, um, actually a few younger adults so I'm do- focusing a lot of my mentorship on, um, mm. yeah, mm. I just feel like it's so powerful at that age range. So. Yeah, absolutely. It makes such a difference. I was looking at your Facebook page. I noticed that um, one of the statements that you have on there um, is live life on purpose. And I just wanted to explore that with you because I, th- I really love that phrase. So what does that entail? Explain to us what that means, live life on pur- on purpose, not anything. That really struck me. Yeah. So live life on purpose is one of my mantras. And it's, it's like I told you, I woke up, well, I didn't wake up one day, but there was a critical mass day where I was like, what have I done? Like, mm. I've created this life that looks great, but I feel like crap. Mm. And so that day I decided, like, I'm going to figure out how to live truly live, not just go through life, but truly live so that every day I go to bed knowing that I did my best I could do that day to really make that day purposeful. Mm -hmm. And so living life on purpose to me is making a decision in every moment as often as you can Mm -hmm. about what it is that you're doing Mm -hmm. or experiencing or allowing in your life, Mm -hmm. like being very, very intentional about the the type of life you want to live, what you want to leave behind when you leave this planet, Mm. you know, how do you want the people around you to feel? Mm. How do you want to feel? Mm. Like all of those things go into this idea of living life on purpose Mm -hmm. instead of getting caught up in just, you know, well, I I work eight to five every day, five days a week. And so I'm living for Friday afternoon, which I've been there. Like Mm. I understand that feeling and I'm not saying you should go quit your job and like run off to wherever <laughs> you can if you want, but that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but just 
being very intentional around creating the life you desire. And it may take a little bit of time mm-hmm. um, if there are big things to change, but mm-hmm. you get to choose in every moment how you feel. Mm-hmm. Like we're completely in control of ourselves. And so even the small changes, which are actually huge, of just choosing to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah. It's, I think it's also as well about giving yourself permission that that's okay. So, um, and I think a lot, well, certainly over here in the UK, because we're much more reserved, I think it's harder to give yourself permission to say, well, it's okay for me to think about myself for a little bit and um, to sit down and, you know, have a cup of tea when everybody else is going crazy around me kind of idea. Um so that idea of being able to uh, give yourself permission is very important. I think when you're looking at working with young people or you have young people in your life or you have a young fam, whatever it might be, um, because these light bulb moments come, uh, it's not an age thing, is it? You know, you don't hit 20 and have a light bulb moment. You know, I'm 53 and I could be having a light bulb moment now. So um, it's about giving yourself permission to have those moments and to work uh, work with them and not dismiss them. And I think when you're working yeah. with young people, it's very they get dismissed all the time. So you have to say, no, that's okay. If you feel that you need to have 10 minutes to go off and just sit, breathe, then you do that because that's, that's, your body's telling you that for a reason. Yeah, and you've hit on such a big big part of it is that it's, you know, we grew up with the beliefs and the um, constructs that society held, right? Like we, we all grow up, we're not solo beings. We grow up in a tribe, right? Mm. Like we grow up with all of these ideas and beliefs Mm. that were there long before us. Mm. What I'm finding and what I love about what I do is it's an opportunity to Um, encourage people to question those and to question them not only for themselves, but to Mm. question them for the next generations, right? Mm. Like you're raising the next generation. This is our opportunity Mm -hmm. to give them something better than we got. And I'm not blaming our parents or society or whatever, right? Like everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. Sure. But, you know, I felt really, really guilty about taking time for myself Mm -hmm. because I had children Mm. Until I realized that the more I could take those moments and center myself and like come back to me and be in a place where I felt whole and complete and good, Mm. I showed up for my children in a way that I couldn't do without that. And I gave them so much more Mm. by just taking a few minutes for myself. Mm. Did they notice the difference? They noticed the difference in the way I interacted with them. Oh. They didn't notice I took 10 minutes to go hide in the bathroom. They no. didn't notice that. <laughs> but they did notice that I was happier, that I was paying more attention to them, that I was more present when I was with them. Mm-hmm. Um, have they I was calmer. Uh, have they explained that to you? How they... Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, my, my kids... I'm so lucky. Like, I'm so lucky. Mm. But they have both told me multiple times that they're super proud of me, mm. that they're really grateful that I did what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that they're, I'm going to cry because it makes <laughs> me like super emotional, but yeah. that they're really, really proud of me for doing what I do well, they, they in the get, world too. Yeah. They get the benefit of it, don't they? So yeah. to have a happy, you know, a happy family and a happy home is, you know, that's what everybody wants. Um, and none, like you said before, none of us are perfect. But if you can go through your day knowing you've done the very best you can, and if if an explosive situation has has presented itself and you've managed to diffuse it completely, just because you've made that choice that you're not going to react, that is only a positive thing, surely, for a family, because that's how they will be when they grow up and when they have their children. If that happens, so. Exactly. This is how we change the world. See? Sure. Sure. It's one, it's um, butterfly wings, isn't it? It's, you know, you don't know how far that's going to, that reaction will will be, but it's it's better that it happens in your home and then they go and teach other people who teach other people. Yeah. Yeah. An amazing thing. Mm. 
So when you're working with the people that you're working with, how do you just talk us through how you start that journey if you can? So um, I know I appreciate that everybody is different, but where where would you start from? So there's a so I do a lot of different things, which also makes it hard. So I do life and business coaching, and okay. I do um, I also do what's called quantum healing, which is a whole other modality. Mm. Um, it would depend on what they were coming to me for. Okay. So, um, is there any crossover it, in any of them? Yeah, I have high-level clients who do who I do like one-on-one mm-hmm. um like three-month containers with where we do all of it okay and those are for people who are really looking for like super quick rapid results who either currently have a business or are hoping to open a business like entrepreneur okay. and life coaching and stuff mm. but in terms of like if it's someone who's just looking to get started um who's just maybe not quite like, let's say we talked a little bit about like not really quite feeling happy in their life and maybe they're not sure why, but they're ready for more. Mm. Um, yeah. So these are fun people to work with because it's like, so what I would do to start actually is like a discovery session. So I like to have a 15 or 20 minute conversations with all of my people who are either who are thinking about signing up so that we can figure out like what makes the most sense for them mm-hmm. and, uh, whether, because, and whether it's a good fit as well because you, yeah. you might not be a good fit for them yeah 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 absolutely mm-hmm. and I know you know there's yeah and we all have different personalities and yeah exactly mm-hmm. and knowing exactly what they're looking for um what their beliefs are because you know that's going to play into sure. like whether or not we're a good fit yeah mm-hmm. but If someone's looking for, like, if they're in that place and they're looking for, like, what's next, Mm. um, I would just encourage them to start looking around. Because like you said, find someone who's a good fit for you Mm. um, and see what what you can do with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's take it from a business point of view. So how do you go in then and change somebody who's stuck in their business and they're working in their business rather than on their business and they're you know, that's draining emotionally. It's, it's taking them away from their families. Um, all they can see is this wall of business. So how would you, um, how would you start working with somebody like that? Cause that's when an entrepreneur is actually quite, in some respects, it's quite a lonely road that they travel, isn't it? So mm. it really is. So I would start with this. My big belief is that it's 90 percent or more an internal game like Mm. even when you're talking about business it doesn't matter what you're talking about in life like it comes from within Mm. and if you're not passionate about what you do you don't have a vision for where you're going and you're not in energetic alignment with what it is that you're putting out in the world Mm -hmm. you're probably I mean you can have some success but it's definitely coming from that place of like forcing it and having to work a bunch of hours and like making stuff happen mm-hmm. where what I like to do with my clients is help them come back to who they are, get reconnected to that, really get clear on their vision, really get clear on what it is their business is here to do in the world, mm-hmm. what lights them up. Yeah. And then we go from there into the more like physical stuff of, okay, what strategically can we do in your business mm-hmm. now that you're in full alignment with that? Yeah. Yeah. Is that a light bulb moment for a lot of people? Do you see that time and time again? I think it is because mm-hmm. We think we think that that business is like this thing outside of us, right? Like, like I have this business and I do this thing and mm. I have to do all of these things and I have to put all these hours in because that's how I make money. Mm. Instead of like I'm super passionate about this and I love helping people and I love what I do and oh yeah, it also pays my bills, which yeah. is great. But yeah. you know, I'm I'm doing what I love, and yeah. so of course you come from that place of like passion and purpose and drive and you want to go do stuff and you love helping people it's completely different yeah dynamic yeah Yeah. if you don't have joy in in your business the same as in any other area of your life if you don't have joy in it then how can you expect you'll burn out won't you You have no reason to get up in the morning whereas if the joy of of running your business and giving back to people and helping people um is what drives you that's going to get you up in the morning and the fact that you make money out of it is just an aside really oh it's very important aside but it is an aside yeah Yeah, and your customers 
can feel the difference, right? Like mm-hmm. your customers, your potential customers, they can feel if you're just in it for the money. Yeah. Like, and you hate what you do versus mm-hmm. you're super passionate and you really want to help them. And mm-hmm. so when you think about it that way, like one of those like draws in the customers and the clients, right? And that mm-hmm. it makes it really easy and fun and flowy because you're drawing in those people you get to help mm-hmm. and you're doing a great thing. And of course it's successful because of where you're coming from versus you're like forcing it. And it's like, yeah, this really negative contracted energy. Yeah. Yeah. So you talk a lot about energy. So can we just explore that a little bit as well? How does that, how is that in your life? Is that a big part of your life? Has it always been? Yeah. I'm a big believer in energy, you know, everything in this world, us, everything, money, you know, all, everything in the world is energy. And so it was not always like that. Like I didn't always know what that meant or how it impacted me, but you know, through the course of my own journey, um, I've been doing a lot of work like around energy and the energetic fields and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just, it's everything, right. Mm-hmm. We breathe it in, we breathe it out. Like we can come from a place of real force where we're contracting down and we're blocking any sort of energy from flowing naturally. And we just sort of cut ourselves off from all of the best things in mm. the world. Mm. Um, or we can, you know, go with the flow and be really open and available to what's out there. And mm. you get these really beautiful exchanges with people. Mm. Do you find though that you should be, maybe this is my Englishness, I don't know, but do you find that Sometimes you need to be a little bit um, wary of where, of of what's, um, think of the right word here, uh, of what's piquing your interest. So do you find sometimes if you, if you go down a certain path because you, you feel that that's where you need to be going, that it, it doesn't work out? How do, how do you deal with that or how would you, how would you explain to your people that you're working with that this is going to happen? So this is what you need to be aware of. Yeah. I, it comes back to what we talked about way back when about the giving yourself space to get to know yourself mm. because we, when we get to that place where we're um, really connected with the core of who we are and like really connected and open and available, but, but from a really like not, Speaking ways, like, mm-hmm. right, you're really centered mm-hmm. in who you are and you know what you desire and, like, all of that, you're very clear on that, mm-hmm. then you're attracting those things energetically that match up with what you desire and, and who you really are and, like, the core of you. Sure. So you get led to those things that are really in alignment with you. And it doesn't mean that we don't ever have experiences where we're like, well, I would not have chose that. Like, mm. what was that? Mm. But sometimes that does happen and there's a learning in there or there's something in there for us, right? Yeah. But just recognizing that that if we're out searching for the answer, we're out trying to fix something externally, mm-hmm. that's when we tend to end up in a situation where it didn't work out the way we were hoping it would because mm-hmm. we're looking for the fix is something that's completely an internal problem mm. externally from ourselves. And so we're putting our power out there and we're, you know, running down all these paths and going, Oh, oh that's not it. I didn't want that. Why did mm. that happen? You mm. know, but when you come from that centered place, you get things just tend to work out a little differently. Mm. Do you journal stuff then? Do you write it all down so that you are aware of the journey? I do journal and I'm a big fan of journaling for my clients as well. Mm. It's one of the biggest tools I found journaling and then, like I said, sitting in silence, but journaling for me, and, and this is what I tell my clients too, is like, there's a couple of different ways you can journal and I use them all. So mm-hmm. just journaling, like what's been going on, what your feelings are. Like I do that every night. Like mm-hmm. I'll just write out about my day and like how I'm feeling and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes if there's a particular problem I want to work on or something about me or my situation that I want to change. I'll journal in a very specific way. So I'll ask myself questions like, um, like even something as simple as what is it I truly desire Mm. or what do I truly desire to feel like Mm -hmm. and get really, really clear on what that is Mm -hmm. so that you know what you want to call into your life. Mm. So there's, I'm a huge fan of journaling. I can go on and on. (laughs) Because I think, um, 
I think when you're dealing with young people, and obviously the podcast is about raising successful kids, um, and having a teenager in the house myself, they don't half the time they don't understand what's going on inside them. So trying to encourage, I think, writing stuff down from an early age, getting off technology, getting off your phone, whatever it is that you're, you know, hooked into, and take up a piece of paper and a pen and just write it all down. Um, it's such an amazing thing that they need to be encouraged to do, but how do you get them to do it? That's that's such a huge thing in our house at the moment is to try and get, get our son to write something down. It's Why would I want to do that? Yeah, and I one of the things that I like to share is really modeling the behavior, right? Mm. So, and and you've got a teenager, and sometimes by the time we get to the teenage years, um, our influence gets a little more limited sure. than it does oh, when yeah. you're little, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe in the teenage years, I would even suggest something like, and this is a really uh, another really profound um, tool, is to do what's called grounding. Mm. So you could encourage him to just take his shoes off and put his feet in the grass mm. and spend a few minutes like really connecting with um, the earth in yeah. that way and yeah. like grounding himself because it does, you know, it, it helps us dispel all that electromagnetic energy from all of the technology we've got, mm. particularly for teens, right? Mm. Um, it's very calming on our nervous system just to be connected mm. to the earth that way with bare feet mm. and like, just to stand in the grass and breathe for a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, and and if you do it as a family, right? Like, we're all going to go out and do this. And yeah. yeah, he may think it's weird, but <laughs> you probably easier to get him to do that than it's going to be to get him to start journaling every day, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we did that recently. We went out. Um, we were in London for the day when they were on school holidays. And um, it was a really warm day. And my husband actually said to both of us, look, there are because no, he's got a thing about I know you've got a dog but he's got a thing about dogs that in that there's not very responsible owners around yeah. <laughs> and he would he just said look there's a clean piece of grass over there in one of the big parks just t- let's take our shoes off and just walk through the grass and yeah. you know both, all of us just did it straight away and then I stood I said right let's just stand let's just stand and just look at the view and just think about it for a minute or so not realizing that it would have, but it was so calming and it was such an amazing experience to just for three, four minutes. And from that point on, we couldn't get him to put his shoes on after that. It was like, no, we, <laughs> now we've, we've run out of grass now. You need to put your shoes on. <laughs> okay, good. He likes this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many. I mean, I always knew it made me feel good to have mm. my feet in the grass. But what I didn't realize is there's a lot of scientific yeah. evidence about what it does for your body yeah. and it's super super powerful and so easy right mm, yeah to just stand in the grass and breathe for a few minutes yeah I think a lot of us uh, we've done a lot of discovery lately about um the electromagnetic universe and how um we're electric beings and so we need to make sure that um we're not uh fighting those currents that we have in our body that we have to make because we can use them positively and they enhance how we live. I mean, as a Christian, I'm a Christian. So as a Christian, I know that the universe that's been created is an electric universe and I'm part of that. And it's such a revelation to be, to, to be aware that everything I'm doing as part of that electric universe, um, it has an effect on me in, in turn, those electric, electric currents have an effect on me, profound effect on me. And I think when you're teaching your young people that you're working with or in your family that that these these things are really important. They're game changers in how you're going to the longevity of your life even. It's it's an amazing thing that you're giving them. It's so true. And it's interesting, particularly when you talk about teenagers, right? Um, in how we get them to care about those things. Mm. As teenagers, right, like, I even remember this. Like, I felt like I was never going to age, right? Mm. Like, I wasn't thinking about it that way. But you don't, you're you not no. you're not thinking about your health and, like, long-term no. stuff. No. So the more 
fun things we can find or easy things we can find that they can do at that age um, that have those benefits and also teaching them because it may not it may not land in a way that we see right now, but mm-hmm. as they get older, they're still going to remember those conversations. So yeah. They're still going to have that knowledge that we imparted on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In them, so that's important. Absolutely. So take us through your routine that you have, say, at home as a family is when your kids were younger. What, what, important, what part does having a com- conversations have in your family? How important is that? Conversation has always been so I, we raised our girls in knowing that there was really nothing that they could do that would mean that we didn't love them or mm-hmm. didn't respect them, that we might not be happy with their decision and mm-hmm. there might be consequences, but that they always had a safe place to come talk to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really, really grateful that we set that, up those boundaries that way because we have always had a really open and honest relationship Mm -hmm. and so yeah sometimes my kids have told me things and I'm like I really wish I didn't know that like (laughs) you can't you can't unhear it now (laughs) yeah you can't undo it like you're still my little girl (laughs) but knowing that they um they feel comfortable coming to me with anything Mm -hmm. means that they will always have a safe place they will never feel like they have to do it on their own yeah Um, and as a parent, that's super important to me because I never wanted one of my girls to be off somewhere just brokenhearted or upset or something and not feeling like they could come talk to me. Mm -hmm. And so even if it meant they were doing something that I didn't agree with or Mm -hmm. went against my morals or whatever, like they're still human beings, right? Mm -hmm. They still deserve love. And they still deserve a chance and they still deserve, you know, all the good things in life. And Mm -hmm. so I made a lot of mistakes raising my kids, but I'm really glad that we set up those boundaries and that we have such such open lines of communication. So I would definitely is super important, especially if it's it's someone listening who's got small children, Mm -hmm. like starting when they're small is super helpful because then they get used to right? Like talking to you and being open with you and all of that. Yeah. And I think when they hit the teenage years and those barriers, especially with boys, and I've, I've heard this so many times with boys and the barriers go up, um, and you're lucky if you get, you know, two or three conversations out of them, it's a constant, constant monologue in our house of, I would like to hear more than one sentence or one word answers, please. Could I have more than one word answers? And how do you encourage them to talk like that? It's really, you know, we struggle with that. I just wanted to ask you a question because I've been doing a lot recently, uh, a lot of my own posts on social media about being visible as opposed to being invisible. And I wanted to know what you thought of how you transition from being invisible to visible from a business point of view, from a family point of view, because as we've already said, I think as parents, sometimes we are invisible to our kids. Um, So we just explore that um, notion of moving from being invisible to visible. Yeah, that's a really interesting topic because I think it's multifaceted, right? Like, Mm -hmm. If we were to talk about it in terms of my business, I there was a very clear delineation of me going from not showing up on social media or showing up in ways that were comfortable to me, like not doing live videos, not necessarily always having my face out there mm-hmm. to this realization that if I was really going to help people, I had to be willing to do some things that were uncomfortable, which meant doing live videos and being willing to be the face of this company when historically I was really comfortable being in the background. Mm. And I think, so that's like in terms of what people think of, you know, when you're talking about visibility in business, but there's this whole other level. And I think we see this more with our families, but it shows up in all areas of our lives too, right? Of Not just being visible, but being willing to be visible for who we really are. Mm. And I was, so much of my kids' childhood trying to be a perfect parent, trying to be what I thought I was supposed to be in order to raise them to be these like beautiful, responsible, wonderful adults, right? Mm-hmm. That, that there was somehow something lacking in me 
that I couldn't let them see or they weren't going to end up being the people that I dreamed for them to be mm-hmm. when they grew up. Mm-hmm. And so this concept of being visible is really being available for letting people see you for who you really are and modeling the fact that it's okay for us to be messy. Mm -hmm. It's okay for us to have bad days. It's okay for us to not be perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's so important as parents that we let our children see that sometimes we have bad days. Yeah. Sometimes we don't feel good. Sometimes we think we're not good enough or whatever so Mm -hmm. that they understand that that is normal human behavior to feel that way sometimes yeah yeah otherwise when it happens to them and they have a bad day how are they going to cope with it if when if they ever have kids of their own or in a work situation you know it's 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 perfectly valid to have bad days um yeah and and learning how to do how do you cope how what mechanisms would you teach to be able to cope with that one I really love and I taught my kids this as well and I think it's super powerful I use it with my clients as well it's just to recognize that you are not your emotions so a lot of times when something's going wrong or we don't feel our best we have this downward spiral in like like almost like you get uh, you get caught up in what's going on but then you start to like overplay it in your mind or beat yourself up about it or like you know transform it into this huge thing and just recognizing that that those emotions are normal. They're they're a normal part of our physiology as human beings. Mm. But they're they don't define who we are and we are not that emotion. Mm-hmm. And so being able to just take a step back a little bit and disconnect yourself a little bit from the fact. Not that not denying the emotion, mm-hmm. but just cut the attachment a little bit so that you can recognize the fact that you're having an emotion or you're having a reaction to a certain stimuli, Mm -hmm. but that it's not going to be that way forever. You are not that emotion. And like, you know, you don't have to get fully engaged in it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. Excuse me. Especially, you know, as we've said before, when you're dealing with teenagers, because they are very much of the moment, aren't they? So you have to, you have to understand that as well, sometimes the things that they say, they're not personally attacking you, but it's very hard to not be affected by what they're saying, you know, especially if they come out with the I hate you comment or, you know, that's a st- that seems to be a standard thing. I, I work in a school as well, and I hear that a lot from the kids walking around in school, how they hate their parents, they hate their mom, they hate this teacher, hate that, and occasionally I've stopped one and challenged them and said you know hate's a really that's a really strong word that you're using there do you want well I don't hate them but I hate them (laughs) (laughs) exactly and teenagers like I remember the teenage years I mean I remember my kids the teenage years because they're a lot fresher but I remember what that felt like Mm. as a teenager and like it's really really a tough situation to be in to feel like you know, you're almost like you're crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're going from high to low to high to low. And, Mm -hmm. um, at this critical time in your life when we put all this pressure on them to like do the right thing and figure out what they're going to do next. Right. Like we've created this like boiler point. Um, so just recognizing, like, I think as parents, we can do a lot of good in just recognizing that like, that's a tough time and they are under a lot of pressure and they don't mean it. Um, you know, they do sometimes have a real knack for cutting right to the quick and mm-hmm. saying the thing that's going to hurt you the most yeah. because they know you well, yeah. but it, they don't mean it. And mm-hmm. just just having that conversation with them. And, you know, if we start when they're younger, it's a lot easier, but it's, it's never too late, I don't feel like, just but just having that conversation with them about, you know, mm-hmm. the fact that emotions are a chemical, physical body response, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can explain with science what an emotion is and it 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 won't last forever and it doesn't have to take over your life. No, no. And that you can, even if you've said those words and they've cut to the quick, um, you can still, it's a choice of how you behave after afterwards, isn't it? And I think once they understand that, um, you know, you've been upset or cried about what they've said, that you still love them. The love is still there. It's not acceptable to, be use those words and maybe we need to discover how what other words we can use in in place of 
and and having as we said before having that open conversation with them um so that they know that yeah they messed up and they hurt but they're not going to be forever scarred by it or you're not scarred by it and almost nothing is forever right but Mm. when you're a teenager it feels like everything is like yeah everything is permanent and forever (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely Okay, well, I'm going to, I've taken a lot of your time today and I'm really, really thankful. I've so enjoyed recording a podcast with you. And again, thank you so much for giving up your time. Um, I just want to do some very short questions with you um, and then, you know, then we'll wrap it up. So do you, forest or beach, which is the best for you? Beach. Why is that? I love the water. There's something about the water that just, Oh, there you go. Okay. Sorry. There we go. Sorry. Something about the water that just resets my soul. And like, I love the mountains, but oof, the beach, definitely. Okay. Uh, plain chocolate or milk chocolate? Uh, plain. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, night owl or sunriser? Um, neither, actually. <laughs> I'm kind of in the middle. Uh, I definitely would tend more towards the night owl, but uh, <laughs> my schedule right now has me not at either end. <laughs> okay, okay. And how does that fit in with your family then? Is your husband the same? Uh, it, that's part of the reason, yeah. Okay. I get up about the same time my husband does. So. Okay, okay. But if you've got a day on your own, then... I would sleep in and stay up to all hours of the night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the podcast is called Raising Successful Kids. Um, so what does that mean to you? To me, it means that they know that they're worthy of being here, mm-hmm. um, that they value themselves, but that they also value other people. And so they're conscious of their interactions and their impact on other people and humanity as a whole. Mm. Oh, it's a very succinct answer. I appreciate that. So how can people find you? Uh, social media is definitely the best. So um, on Instagram, I'm erica.j.lester. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely where I'm the most active because I love pictures. Okay. I'm currently gutting my website, but if anyone's interested in like a chat, there is a scheduling option on my website, which is just ericajlester.com. Okay. Okay. And it'll probably change daily for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> so if they couldn't get you through there, then just, just try Instagram and direct message yep. you that way if they needed to get hold of yep. you or wanted to get hold of you. Thank you so much Absolutely. again, Erica. I'm really, really appreciative of you taking the time today um, out of your busy schedule to, to talk to us and talk to the listeners. And I know that it's been um, impactful to everyone who's listened, including me, very much me as well. So I really appreciate your time. Wonderful. I enjoyed this so much. So thank you for having me. Oh, no, I hope everyone has a beautiful day. And you too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, so thank you very much for listening. I hope everyone's enjoyed the podcast today. Um, Let me know what you thought, um, how we can move this forward. And let's continue to think and raise our kids to be successful. Mm